0: our number, 877 I asked about a month ago, when Russia started this war and invaded Ukraine, is Ukraine allowed to win? Or even to stalemate the situation? And apparently not. I would argue yes, but apparently not. It's one of the reasons they can't get the MiG twenty nines that they want. There's a recent poll out that he hot off the presses by Fox. By sixty-three percent to thirty-two percent, Americans want the United States to do more. So this this argument that it's the Washington war machine or Washington defense contract. or the neocons, is a lie. Is a lie. Unless you think 63% of the American people fall in that category, and clearly they don't. Despite the best efforts of the Putin wing, of the Democrat, Republican parties, and the media, by 76 to 19%, the American people approve of President Zelensky's actions in Ukraine. I'd say that's pretty overwhelming. And whether or not this has a national security interest in the United States, 85 to 14 percent, 85 percent say yes. Now to get 63 percent of the American people, 76 percent of the American people, and ultimately 85 percent of the American people to agree on something is a big deal. I'm going to get to the Supreme Court. Don't worry. I was all over it yesterday. I'm going to be all over it today, but I want to finish this. We now hear the media regurgitating the Russian propaganda, which is if Putin doesn't make more headway in Russia, you know, it's not enough to be slaughtering the people in Maripol and now capturing aid workers. 15 of them have been uh, kidnapped or sending 2,400. Ukrainian children into Russia. And God knows what else. If Putin fears he's going to lose, the argument goes, he may resort to nukes. Isn't that more of a reason to support efforts to take him out? I don't understand this. I really don't. This will be the first war in human history with the greatest war criminal of war criminals in this particular war, for sure, who's threatening nuclear weapons against people, perhaps NATO, perhaps even us, is immune from the war in the sense that that individual is not to be targeted, even by surrogates, even by surrogates of Ukraine. While he targets the president of Ukraine and has failed on several occasions with the Wagner Group and the Chechnyans, Even while he's known to be an assassin, not just a character assassin, a real assassin, scores of reporters, political opponents, people who fall out of favor, they just wind up dead wherever they are in the world. One guy did in the hotel room in Washington, D.C., in London, in Germany, and so forth. And so when I hear this, I say more the reason to support at least quietly, efforts to take up Putin. If he's threatening nuclear weapons, if he's a war criminal, which clearly he is, if he's slaughtering thousands of innocent people, and if you believe, as I do, and the vast majority of the American people do, that this battle in Ukraine clearly relates to the United States and our national security. China's watching. Iran's watching. North Korea's watching. Uh, The Eastern European countries are well aware of what Russia's capable of. Well, then it makes sense, doesn't it? Makes a lot of sense. Um... I guess I'm going to have to find this. I'm trying to find it, but I cannot. I do notice that the Putin wing of the media has been relatively quiet about a gentleman by the name of Alexei Navalny. You heard me talk about this man yesterday, Alexei Navalny. Alexei Navalny is the leader of the opposition, the most effective leader, he also has run a group questioning the corruption that exists in in Russia. And yesterday he was given a a nine-and-a-half-year sentence on top of two years that he's already served, and they're now afraid that he might be assassinated while in a Russian prison. Why is it that so few outlets have even reported on this? I notice this. I'm watching this, and I'm I'm really quite shocked by this. Why is that? Why is it that so few so-called conservatives and conservative outlets have reported on this? Uh, Because I want to address this again. There is a difference, ladies and gentlemen. There is a difference between people who have sort of a romantic, pacifist, anti-war mentality. And I think they're very dangerous. But I'm just saying there's a difference between that where people may have, from their perspective, a legitimate argument that this is an America's war, as they say it. And yet people who effectively use in more ways than one Putin's talking points and the talking points of his surrogates in the United States and lie about Zelensky and lie about the Ukrainian people. The Ukrainian people are not Nazis. The president of Ukraine is Jewish. His wife's Jewish. His kids are Jewish. The family's Jewish. You can try and tie in this neo-Nazi group as one of these sort of so-called independent journalist poops does, and say, look at this, the government is linked to this group. The government's not promoting the group. I mean, they sound like the left in this country trying to link conservatives to the neo-Nazis and the Klansmen and white nationalists and all the rest. Because maybe they see a Confederate flag or maybe they hear somebody use the N-word or maybe they hear somebody who's an anti-Semite. And this is amazing coming from the media who gives the real anti-Semites in this country, like Omar, AOC, Talib, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc., in the Democrat Party and many in the media, a pass. Like the New York Times gets a pass. Despite its long history of anti-Semitism. The Democrat Party gets a pass despite its long history of racism, segregation, even slavery. They get a pass. But this guy who was jailed by Putin gets almost no attention in this country. Why is that? And then NATO is attacked when NATO decides they're going to move more troops to the eastern front of Eastern Europe, which borders Ukraine. I, I don't understand. NATO is a military alliance. Why wouldn't they move more troops to eastern, to the eastern front where the threats exist? This is bizarre. People want to know how many troops and what kind of planes. And what's a, you're not going to get tactical information from our government or from NATO. Why would you? Why would you? So of course they're going to move military forces where military forces may need to exist. So I know you, the vast majority of you in this audience, we all agree. Our view is quite a traditional view. It's a Reaganite view. It's even a Trump view. And I think that's why 63% of the American people, according to Fox, want the American people to do more, or not just the American people, let me correct that, want the nations of the world to do more in terms of assisting the Ukrainians, not talking about troops or no-fly zones, why 76% approve of Zelensky and what he's doing, despite the best efforts of Russia and Russian mouthpieces, and 85% believe that Ukraine does matter to the U.S. and our national security versus 14%. So if you listen to the media, depending what you listen to, radio, TV, what you read, you would never believe it's 85 to 14. You'd believe it's 85 to 14 against, but it's not. So are all Americans warmongers? Are all Americans Neocons? Are all Americans part of the military-industrial complex trying to profit from this? No, I don't think so. I'll be right back. love in Folks, I'm here to talk to you about something very serious. Have you felt something changing in our country? That too many people no longer identify themselves as Americans first, but instead group themselves by race, class, or sex? That we're losing the common idea of justice, the melting pot that unites us. I'm talking about citizenship, folks. And if we lose the idea of citizenship, then we don't have a country. But there's something you can do. Get educated and then teach others. And my friends at Hillsdale College can show you the way. Hillsdale's new free course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. The course is taught by our friend, Dr. Victor Davis Hanson, who will equip you to help restore our country. You can sign up for free at levinforhillsdale.com. You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, and even the Great Reset. Please sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale dot com, levinforhillsdale.com. American Greatness website is a really an outstanding site, and it is aligned in most ways, but not every way, with President Trump and his policies. And there's an article there today by Paul Gottfried. Paleos and Putin. As a card-carrying member of the old right for the last 50 years, having suffered the slings and indignities that come with it, I'm responding to other members of my fraternity who can't bring themselves to condemn Vladimir Putin for his invasion of Ukraine and his destruction of its people. This recognition of Putin's aggression and what it might portend for Ukraine's neighborhoods to the West Has not been lost on Europeans, including Europeans on the right. Marine Le Pen and Eric Zemmour in France, the alternative für Deutschland in Germany, and the present conservative governments of Hungary and Poland, these are all governments and so forth of the right, have all been on record condemning Putin's brutal invasion. None of these figures is in love with wokeness or his kind words for what now passes for constitutional government in the West but they do understand that Putin is a Russian expansionist and that the murder and mayhem he's now running down on Ukrainians is nothing new. <coughs> Excuse me. nothing new. He unleashed even worse atrocities in Chechnya and later in Syria. The attempts to defend Putin's actions in Ukraine proceed from two unshakable beliefs among his defenders on the traditional American right. The more grandiose explanation is that Putin is the upholder of Western conservative values who is courageously battling LGBTQ plus enthusiasts in his country. He's also said to be fighting back rhetorically against attacks on the family coming from one-time constitutional democracies that have fallen into the bands of woke totalitarians. Putin is also supposedly a man of faith who devotes his energies to defending the orthodox state religion and who is opening up monasteries and rebuilding churches in his country. We therefore cannot criticize him without endangering his sacred mission. If he's smashing Ukrainian cities, well, that's the price we pay for all the good he's doing. I've also been hearing from acquaintance that Ukrainians do not really constitute a nation, but are ethnic Russians, or mischievously denying their identity. The Kiev-Russ settlement, we talked about this yesterday, that took place in the 10th century and was carried out by Scandinavians, was supposedly the starting point for the Russian national adventure. And so-called Ukrainian is just another name for Russians who happen to be living in the area in which the Russian state originally took form. In any case, Ukrainian leader Vladimir Zelensky is supposedly just a corrupt, lowbrow comic who is built up by the U.S. government against his godly Russian counterpart. You've heard this on radio and TV. The second reason for the, this rallying to Putin is that he is not responsible for his aggression. The U.S. State Department and scheming neoconservatives have created the present tensions between the Russians and Ukrainians. This happens to be partially true if we recount the U.S. government's involvement in the overthrow of a pro-Russian government in Kiev in February 2014 and Joe Biden's recent hints to the Ukrainians about his fitness for NATO membership. Neoconservatives have incited hatred against Putin as an anti-democratic leader and have been confusing statecraft with ideological wars for decades. I'd be the last person to defend these fanatical warmongers and having suffered professionally at their hand, I have no reason to like them. But it was Putin, not the neocons who invaded Ukraine and Russian military forces, not Victoria Newland at the State Department of the Wall Street Journal editorial page who are murdering Ukrainian civilians. I keep telling friends on the right who want to stress those other circumstances, so-called, leading to Putin's invasion, that by all means, let's discuss them. But we should preface that discussion by blaming Putin and his military for the havoc they have wrought. They have behaved outrageously no matter how defective American foreign policy has been, and no matter how repugnant neoconservative rhetoric may sound. Looking at babies killed and maimed in the streets of Kharkov and Maripol, it seems to me that the blame should be ascribed to someone more immediately responsible than blundering U.S. foreign policy mavens or rabid neoconservative journalists. Without belaboring historical parallels, I can't help noticing the similarities, he writes, between Putin's attack on the Ukrainians, who are certainly fighting like a nation, and Hitler's invasion of Poland in September 1939, in both cases. Historians could cite abuses that the invaded countries committed against members of the nations who were invading them. And he says in Poland in particular with the uh, with the Germans. But a brutal invasion and occupation characterized by the devastation of civilian populations. That's a whole other story. Members of the old right who have told me repeatedly that Abraham Lincoln was wrong to invade the seceded South and that Ukrainians have been sorely oppressed under Russian rule, have undergone a staggering sea change. Folks, I'm here to talk to you about something very serious. Have you felt something changing in our country that too many people no longer identify themselves as Americans first, but instead group themselves by race, class or sex? That we're losing the common idea of justice, the melting pot that unites us. I'm talking about citizenship, folks. And if we lose the idea of citizenship, then we don't have a country. But there's something you can do, get educated and then teach others. And my friends at Hillsdale College can show you the way. Hillsdale's new free course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. The course is taught by our friend, Dr. Victor Davis Hanson, who will equip you to help restore our country. You can sign up for free at levinforhillsdale.com. You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, and even the Great Reset. Please sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com.
2: Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811.
0: All right. So, NATO's approving more troops for the eastern flank, as it should, certainly in my opinion. Ukraine's Air Force. How is it that this Air Force, which is actually quite small, is doing so well against the the heavily, heavily armed Russian, heavily outnumbered? Well, there's a piece here in the New York Times. Each night, Ukrainian pilots, like Andrew Lee Loiter, in an undisclosed aircraft hangar, waiting, waiting, waiting until the tension is broken with a shouted one-word command, air. Ari hustles into his Su-27 supersonic jet and hastily taxis toward the runway, getting airborne as quickly as possible. Takes off so fast he doesn't yet know his mission for the night. But the big picture's always the same. To bring the fight to the Russian Air Force... That is vastly superior in numbers, but has so far failed to win control of the skies above Ukraine. I don't do any checks, he said. A Ukrainian Air Force pilot, who on a condition of granting an interview, was not permitted to give his surname or rank. I just take off. Nearly a month into the fighting, one of the biggest surprises of the war in Ukraine is Russia's failure to defeat the Ukrainian Air Force. Military analysts had expected Russian forces to quickly destroy or paralyze Ukraine's air defenses a military aircraft yet neither has happened instead top gun style air, aerial dogfights rare in modern warfare are now raging over the country Every time when I fly it's for a real fight said the pilot Andriy who's 25 and has flown 10 missions in the war every fight with the russian jets there's no equality they always have five times more planes in the air now you know why they're begging for those MiGs. The success of Ukrainian pilots has helped protect Ukrainian soldiers on the ground and prevented wider bombing in cities, since pilots have intercepted some Russian cruise missiles. Ukrainian officials also say the country's military has shot down 97 fixed-wing Russian aircraft. That number could not be verified, but the crumbled remnants of Russian jet fighters have crashed into rivers, fields, and houses. The Ukrainian Air Force is operating near total secrecy. Its fighter jets can fly from airstrips in western Ukraine. Airports that have been bombed yet retain enough runway for takeoffs or landings. Even from highways, analysts say. They're vastly outnumbered. Russia is believed to fly some 200 sorties per day, while Ukraine flies 5 to 10. Ukraine pilots do have one advantage. In most of the country, Russian planes fly over territory controlled by the Ukrainian military. Which can move anti-aircraft missiles to harass and even shoot down planes. Ukraine has been effective in this kind because we operate on our own land. Yuri Innot, a spokesman for the Ukrainian Air Force, said the enemy flying into our airspace is flying into the zone of our air defense systems. He described the strategy as luring Russian planes into their defensive traps. Dave DePattula. Dean of the Mitchell Institute for Aerospace Studies and the principal attack planner for the Desert Storm Air Campaign in Iraq said the impressive performance of Ukrainian pilots had helped counter their disadvantages in numbers. He said Ukraine now has roughly 55 operational fighter jets, a number that is dwindling from shoot-downs and mechanical failures as Ukraine pilots are stressing them to max performance. My God, if they don't get these additional MiGs, I don't know what they're going to do. Ukraine's President Zelensky has appealed repeatedly to Western governments to replenish the Ukrainian Air Force and has asked NATO to enforce a no fly zone over the country, a step Western leaders, of course, refuse to take. Russian troops have already fired nearly 1,000 missiles at Ukraine, countless bombs, Mr. Lin- Zelensky said into a video. Our government says now it's 1,100. Pilotless drones are also a tool in the Ukrainian military's arsenal, but not in the battle for control of the airspace. Ukraine flies Turkish-made armed drone, the barak TB2, a plodding propeller aircraft that is lethally effective in destroying tanks or artillery pieces on the ground, but cannot hit targets in the air. If Ukraine's air defenses fail, Russian jets could easily pick them off. As in other aspects of Ukraine's war effort, volunteers play a role in the air battles. A volunteer network watches and listens to Russian jets calling in coordinates and estimated speed and altitude. Other private Ukrainian pilots have removed up-to-date civilian navigation equipment from their planes and have handed it over to the Air Force in case it can be helpful. Air-to-air combat has been rare in modern war with only isolated examples in recent decades. U.S. pilots, for example, have not flown extensive air aerial dogfight since the first Iraq war in 1991. Since then, U.S. fighter jets have engaged in air-to-air combat on just a few occasions, shooting down 10 planes in the Balkan Wars, one plane in Syria, according to Mr. Deptula. In the night sky, Anjulia, yeah, this is the Ukrainian pilot, said he relies on instruments to discern the positions of enemy planes, which he says are always present. He shot down Russian jets, but was not permitted to say how many, or which type. He said his targeting system can fire at planes a few dozen miles away. I Mostly have tests of hitting airborne targets, of intercepting enemy jets, he said, I wait for the missile to lock on my target, and then I press fire. When he shoots down a Russian jet, he said, I'm happy that this plane will no longer bomb my peaceful towns, and as we see in practice, that is exactly what Russian jets are doing. Most of the aerial combat in Ukraine has been nocturnal, as Russian aircraft attack in the dark when they are less vulnerable to air defenses. In the dogfights over Ukraine, Artily said, the Russians have been flying an array of modern Sukhoi jets, such as the Su-30, Su-34, and Su-35. He said, I had situations when I was approaching a Russian jet to close enough distance to target and fire, he said. I could already detect it. but was waiting for my missile to lock on while at the same time from the ground, They tell me that a missile was fired at me already. He said he maneuvered his jet through a series of extreme banks, dives and climbs in order to exhaust the fuel supplies of the missiles coming after him. He said the time I have to save myself depends on how far the missile was fired at me and what kind of missile. My God, is this a brave man. Brave man, these pilots are as brave as can be. Still, he said in an interview on a clear sunny day, I can still feel a huge rush of adrenaline in my body. Because every fight is a fight, and every flight is a fight. Angeli graduated from the Kharkiv Air Force School after deciding to become a pilot as a teenager. Neither me nor my friends ever thought we would have to face a real war, he said, but that's not how it turned out. Angeli has moved his wife to a safer part of Ukraine, but she has not left the country, he said. She spends her days weaving homemade camouflage nets for the Ukrainian army. He never tells family members when he's going on duty. He said, calling only after returning from a night flight. They only have to use my skills to win, he said. My skills are better than the Russians, but on the other day, many of my friends, and even more experienced than me, are already dead. They need more jet fighters. They need more MiGs. 63% of the American people believe so as well. And that includes a majority, a good majority of Republicans. I want to go back to this Fox poll, just so you know, you're not in the uh, minority as you would think, depending on who you're listening to and how much you're listening to. Um, See here, Mr. Producer, I'm pulling it up, looking for it. Oh, boy. 63% of the public says we should be doing more to help the Ukrainians. 76% say that they view Zelensky in a very positive light. 85% say Ukraine matters to the United States. What do you think of that? Well, I think they're right. Now, let us uh let us dig a little bit more deeper into this. How about Republicans? And let's take a look at this as I pull it up. Eighty-two percent are concerned about the invasion, seventy-six percent approve of Ukrainian President Zelensky, how he's responded. Uh It's an issue Democrats and Republicans largely agree on. 90% of Democrats, 85% of Republicans think what happens in Ukraine makes a difference here at home. Eight in ten Democrats and Republicans approve of Zelensky, and two-thirds in each party want to do more for Ukraine. There's almost no difference between the parties on this. Almost no difference, And and it's overwhelming. So the nation is united in this. We have the outlanders. You hear some of them, you see some of them, you read some of them. They're the outliers. Some of them are Putinites. Some of them are pacifists. Some of them just legitimately oppose this. They look at Afghanistan and Iraq, and many of them are very young, and they see the whole world through Afghanistan and Iraq and those wars, uh, rather than through the bigger picture, the World War II and circumstances like that. Um You don't hear a lot of novel thinking from most of these people. It's like, uh, why? Well, because we don't want a nuclear war. Will you send your kids. If we're going to watch the Ukrainian border, shouldn't we watch ours? And there's an answer to all that because that's really silly. Well, we ought to watch our border. What does that have to do with the Ukrainian border? Nothing. So what's the point of that kind of uh, nonsense? We should be securing our border and helping the Ukrainians. are you going to send your child? What kind of an argument is that? You're talking about national policy. I don't know. Is your kid a cop? Is your kid a firefighter? Are you going to send your kid into a burning building? You're going to send... I mean, that's not the point of a military. To project your own personal life on top of the military. You have a standing professional military. And should we get to a draft? Then... Everybody's family will be affected by that. But until then, with an all-volunteer army, the overwhelming majority of Americans are not. Okay, Um, and what about this argument that uh, we could be causing nuclear war? We're not causing anything. We didn't invade anybody. We didn't threaten anybody. We've been extremely passive. Very passive. And the provocations, if any, that occurred here is a result of the passivity of the president who's in the Oval Office right now. The way he surrendered to the Afghans, that is the uh, Taliban, I should say. And the way he is surrendering and providing the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran with everything they want. Look, even before this election, I said that our enemies are rooting for Biden. Now they're rooting for him more than ever. More than ever. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, I'm here to talk to you about something very serious. Have you felt something changing in our country that too many people no longer identify themselves as Americans first, but instead group themselves by race, class or sex that we're losing the common idea of justice, the melting pot that unites us? I'm talking about citizenship, folks. And if we lose the idea of citizenship, then we don't have a country. But there's something you can do, get educated and then teach others. And my friends at Hillsdale College can show you the way. Hillsdale's new free course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. The course is taught by our friend, Dr. Victor Davis Hanson, who will equip you to help restore our country. You can sign up for free at levinforhillsdale.com. You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, and even the Great Reset. Please sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at LevinForHillsdale.com. That's L E V I N FOR Hillsdale.com. LevinForHillsdale.com. Next hour. I want to jump into the Supreme Court issue, but let me start now. You're lauded as a historic pick because you're the first black woman ever nominated to serve in the United States Supreme Court, right? You're asked by another woman, a senator from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, to define woman. And you say you're not a biologist. Are you a biologist, Mr. Producer? Are you a biologist, mister colescreener i I'm not a biologist, but I can define a woman. It's not particularly complicated. Yes, most little kids can, if they haven't been brainwashed yet. So, what exactly is the problem here? The problem here is that this is an extremely radical nominee with a very nice personality. And she knows how to define a woman, but she also knows if she defines a woman the old-fashioned way. Like a biologist, as a matter of fact, or like a third grader. She'll come under attack from the LGBTQI plus community. And she wants to be able to rule on these cases. Which clearly will come to the Supreme Court, as virtually every culture issue does. Because the court has nationalized that area of public life and has taken it over and done great damage to it. So the first black woman or African American woman nominated to serve on the Supreme Court will not define woman. We're told this is historic. She's a black woman, but she cannot define woman. Well, if she can't define woman, and woman doesn't mean woman, and if we're to use words like rather than she, it, or birthing person, then what's so historic? If we cannot recognize that she is in fact the first black woman to be nominated to the Supreme Court, And we cannot define woman. Then what's so historic? I'm confused. But there's no need to be. It's utterly illogical. And they do this. They do this why? Because they're pushing a perversion. They're pushing a lie. They're pushing an immorality. That's why. And they're embracing it. And she doesn't want to show That she is, in fact, as radical as everybody really knows she is, particularly her supporters. Let me say something about little Dick Durbin, the chairman of this committee. Little Dick is acting like he's Napoleon. He's cutting off legitimate areas of inquiry based on what Katanji Brown Jackson has actually written and actually said and actually ruled. And this is a no-no, ladies and gentlemen. You can accuse a Kavanaugh, who I've never liked, but you can accuse him of gang rape. You can go back to his, his high school yearbook, looking for pictures, ask him about beer, ask him about his sex life, go on and on and on, try and destroy the man. And you can do it at the last second because you'll have media support. But if you ask Kenton J. Brown-Jackson, can you define woman? Apparently you're a racist. And you're blowing a dog whistle. More when I return. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here.
1: He's here.
0: Hello America, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-303811. James O'Keefe, Project Veritas will be here this hour to discuss, frankly, what our government's been doing to his organization. It's absolutely shocking. Shocking. When they target you, what happens? Little Dick Durbin today at the hearing for Katanji Brown Jackson. He's covering up 48,000 pages of documents from the Sentencing Commission because obviously there are things in there they do not want us to know before they push her onto the Supreme Court for a lifetime appointment. Cut one, go.
1: Yesterday, your nomination turned out to be a testing ground for conspiracy theories and culture war theories.
0: See, this is the thing. There hasn't been as passive a hearing, even though there was some passion here, but as passive a hearing in a couple of decades, as you've seen with this nominee. But you simply are not allowed to ask questions. You're simply not allowed to use the individual's own writings and words to raise questions about her radicalism. The same writings and words that the White House, and the Democrats embraced in order to support her nomination in the first place. The same writing and words the radical, radical Marxist groups used to run a dark money campaign to support her. And so to even raise questions about what's on the public record is a bridge too far for the american Marxists? go ahead
1: the more bizarre the charges against you and your family the more i understand the social media scoreboard lit up
0: yesterday is somebody uh, against her family mr President? nobody's done anything to her family i don't even know who's in her family go ahead
1: Sorry that we have to go through this. These are not theories that are in the mainstream of America, but they have been presented here as such.
0: What 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 theories? You know, this coward will never come on the show. I want you to ask him again to come on the show, Mr. Producer. Little Dick has never wanted to come on this show for obvious reasons. Mike Lee says that the confirmation, what is the problem here? Why are you calling our legitimate questions a tax cut to go?
1: Most of this information was published in the Washington Post five days ago. All right. This is not confidential information. When the Hawley attack on the judge started, we requested more information. The White House did and then shared it with us within the day. And you now have the same copy that we have End of it, story. Is it fair for you to characterize uh, Senator Hawley's questions or the questions raised by any of us as an attack? I, I, it's I, not yes, a personal uh, attack. This let is We a, 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 a legitimate question regarding sentencing opinion. regarding the most heinous crimes imaginable oh come on so these are legitimate okay. questions mr chairman don't call them attacks well I can just tell you I have characterized them as attacks and other things as well I think it's pretty clear what's going on here and nah, now shut you-
0: up you schmuck you putz. mr chairman Marsha Blackburn at the hearing yesterday cut three go.
3: Can you provide a definition for the word woman?
4: Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm not believe- a or biologist. Nobody should
0: serve on the Supreme Court who cannot provide a definition of woman or refuses because they have a, a radical, extreme political agenda. Start from the top again. Cut three, go. Can you
3: provide a definition for the word woman?
4: Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in this context. I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the
3: word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition?
4: Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address. Disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments. And well, there look- are
0: disputes right now. There's litigation that will work its way to the Supreme Court over the definition of a woman. And apparently, this judge finds this very controversial. So controversial it might defeat her nomination. And Dick Durbin finds this a conspiracy theory. But he's always been a very, very stupid individual. Go ahead.
4: And I decide, so I'm not.
3: The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Just last week, an entire generation of young girls watched as our taxpayer-funded institutions permitted a biological man to compete and beat a biological woman in the NCAA swimming championships. What message do you think this sends to girls who aspire to compete and win in sports at the highest levels?
4: Senator, I'm not sure what message that sends. If if you're asking me about the legal issues related to it, um, those are Topics that are being hotly discussed, as you say, and I, could come to the court.
0: Oh, so they could come to the court, which is why you were asked, circling back, what's your definition of a woman? And out of one side of your mouth, you say, well, I'm a judge, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I handle disputes. And then you end it by saying this matter could come before the court. Matter of What? The court's now going to decide what a man or a woman is? Seriously? I would ask the male justices, do you use the men's room or the ladies' room? I would ask the female justices, do you use the ladies' room or the men's room? I suspect that the female justices use the ladies' room. And the male justices use the male room, unless, of course, they have a bathroom in their own office, which they may. Ted Cruz, cut four, go.
5: So yesterday, uh, under under questioning from Senator Blackburn, uh, you told her that that you couldn't define what a woman is, uh, that you were not a biologist, which which I think you're the the only Supreme Court nominee in history who's been unable to answer the question, what is a woman. Uh, let me ask you as a judge, how would you determine if a plaintiff had Article three standing uh, to challenge a gender based rule regulation policy uh, without being able to determine what a woman was.
4: So, Senator, I know that I'm a woman. I know that um, Senator Blackburn is a woman and the woman who I um, admire most in the world is in the room today. My mother. Um, it sounded as though well, but, the but, question
5: but, but was. But let me ask, un- under the modern leftist sensibilities, if if I decide right now that, that I'm a woman, um, then apparently I'm a woman. Does that mean that I would have Article Three standing to challenge a gender-based restriction?
4: Senator, to the extent that you are asking me about um, who has the ability to bring lawsuits based on gender, those kinds of issues are working their way through the courts, and I'm not able to comment on them.
5: Okay, if, if, if I can change my gender, if I can be a woman, and then an hour later, if I decide I'm not a woman anymore, I guess I would lose Article Three standing. Tell me, does that same principle apply to other protected characteristics? For example, I'm, I'm an Hispanic man. Could, could I decide I was an Asian man? Would, would I have the ability to be an Asian man and challenge Harvard's discrimination because I made that decision?
4: Senator, I'm not able to answer your question. You're asking me about hypotheticals and.
5: Um, well, I'm asking you how you would assess standing if I if I came in and said I have decided I identify as an Asian man.
4: I would assess standing the way I assess other legal issues, which is to listen to the arguments made by the parties, consider the relevant precedents, uh, and the constitutional principles involved, and make a determination.
0: Wow, that's a long way around, isn't it, Mr. Producer? And that's a perfectly sensible line of questions, way over the head. Of anybody who is a host, a guest, producer, director, executive at MSLSD, beyond their comprehension. And of course, same with CNN. So here we are. The insanity of the left needs to be addressed in this hearing, but she won't answer the questions. And the Democrats don't care, so I want all of you to know. All of you parents out there who are concerned about your children... The Democrats do not care. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon 18 to your T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota, has to say. said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost, and I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Then this month enter promo code Levin Podcast that's L E V I N Podcast and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com promo code Levin Podcast. Reminder I'll be on Hannity tonight on Fox 9:30 p.m. Eastern time. We have James O'Keefe with us a uh, a brilliant Young investigative reporter and organization that he's created, Project Veritas. James, um, seems like the government has been illegally, um, well, illegally tracking you guys. Explain to us what's going on here.
6: Yes, Mark. This is a bombshell report. Microsoft Corporation legal documents released by Project Veritas reveal that uh, the Department of Justice filed a series of secret warrants and orders in order to spy on Project Veritas, and then they tried to gag order Microsoft from, from talking about it. This is in, in lieu of this Ashley Biden diary matter that uh, the FBI had raided me back in November, but, and then the federal judge ordered a, a master over this issue, but now we've, we've uncovered Microsoft Corporation, our emails are housed, Microsoft Outlook. The Department of Justice went to Microsoft, Got my emails and, and, and asked Microsoft to keep quiet about it. And this goes back to January 2020, eight months before we even were made aware of this diary.
0: Now, let me ask you a question um, Do you know to this day what emails were turned over to the government by Microsoft?
6: Um, we don't know that. We we believe all of them. Um, uh, mm-hmm. they, they had obtained all these emails, and again, eight months prior to us even learning about the diary and, and doing some reporting, again, we didn't publish this Ashley Biden diary. I thought at the time I, I couldn't uh, corroborate it. But so What's most troubling about this development, and this is an extraordinary series of events for the Department of Justice to spy on journalists, is that after the special master was appointed by this Article Three judge in New York in December, the Article Three judge cited journalistic privilege, First Amendment issues. Then the government went back to Microsoft and tried to get a continuance on this gag order. This is USC 2705 to prevent Microsoft from telling us, a journalism organization, that the government had seized our emails. So, Mark, apparently... That The Department of Justice went behind the federal judges back to spy on journalists. The only other precedent for this uh, during the Trump administration, they tried to do this to Google, but they didn't try to gag Google so the New York Times could fight them. This is unprecedented. This is a fundamental abridgment of the First Amendment. We've never seen anything like it in modern history. And clearly, Project Veritas must be doing something right for them to talk at me like this.
0: And the thing is, to be perfectly honest with you, if you had published this diary, you still would have been on fairly firm footing because you didn't steal the diary. You were the recipient of the diary. Let me ask you a few more questions here, James, because this really is appalling. Do we know what entity within the Biden administration or within the government, I should say, has been involved in this? Uh, is it FBI? Is it the Criminal Division? Is it is the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District? Who is it?
6: It's the Southern District of New York, which is the federal jurisdiction of Southern New York State and New York City. We do not know who authorized this. For example, was it the Attorney General of the United States? The Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, expressly forbids the execution of search warrants against journalists for obvious reasons. Journalists work with sources. If a source uh, obtained something improperly, the, the journalist still has a First Amendment right to publish what we're given, so long as we played no part in the acquiring of that document. And that's what, what happened here. We don't even think the diary was stolen. It appears to have not been. It appears to have been abandoned. But we still have the First Amendment right to look into the matter when someone sends us something. So they would never do this, of course, to the New York Times, Mark, to these other organizations, and they attack us for being, quote, non-journalists. In fact, the U.S. attorneys in the Southern District argued before the judge that we're not journalists, and their reasoning was that we don't get permission from the people that we report on, which is an absurd thing to say. And And it's exactly why Project Veritas exists, because we don't work in concert with the government we investigate the government and they at the new york times and washington post oftentimes do work in concert with the government so to answer your question it's the southern district we don't know whether washington department of justice authorized this we don't know if it was someone just in new york city but what's remarkable is that i don't think they ever anticipated us getting that special master and, and especially two months ago in january they went back to microsoft and asked them to gag it Microsoft wrote a motion trying to challenge it. The government backed down. This week, someone in Microsoft contacted me and said, "James, this is happening," and uh, and now we found out. Mark, this week, Uber Corporation also had this happen to them. So, for all we know, they went to all of our the Department of Justice went to all of our vendors and got everything: emails, texts, Uber, you name it. This is unbelievable.
0: So you're going to go back to the master, and what are you going to ask the master?
6: Well, Project Veritas uh, just filed a motion in court yesterday. We went to the federal judge because mm-hmm. they went to six magistrate judges, apparently behind the federal judge's back. But, but, well, many of this, Much of this happened prior to the special master being appointed, but they went back to these magistrates in January, two months ago, after the special master had been appointed, and they asked to for a continuance on this non-disclosure order, gagging these corporations. So we went, we're went. we going back to the judge, and we're, we're asking them to, uh, to take a look at this and, and to um, immediately cease uh, doing what they're doing. We filed a motion yesterday and made the motion public, um, and the uh, Southern District of New York has basically launched a retributive campaign that does violence to the First Amendment. And while this special master litigation proceeded, the government obviously misled the court by omission, failing to inform it, failing to inform us as journalists, and, and that the government had already obtained the contents of privileged emails from us, including sources and donor information from our cloud. This is just such an egregious violation. It, it just does such damage to the First Amendment, um, and uh, and, the, and the government already had the opportunity to review Project Veritas's. Journalistic and attorney-client privileged materials, um, even before they went through this process of the special master.
0: We only have a minute, so if you don't mind, I'd like to hold you over. You've got uh, sure. sort of sort of two avenues of attack against you at the same time. You've got this New York Times activity, and you've got the government. Even though there's an overlay, and uh, I assume they're on separate legal tracks. Is that correct?
6: That is correct, although they often work in concert with each other. Right.
0: And uh, when we come back, I'd like to know what's the status of the New York Times case. And I want to further pursue the egregious activity of the increasingly, I would call it this regime in Washington, D.C. We'll be right back with James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, who's on the front lines of fighting for our liberty. We'll be right back. I've been telling you folks for a long time if you're still with Verizon eighteen to your T Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks North Dakota has to say. Said I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, Levin podcast. That's L E V I N podcast. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin podcast.
2: Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now,
0: 877-381-3811. James O'Keefe is my guest, Project Veritas. First of all, James, if people want to support your group, where do they go?
6: Thank you, Mark. Uh, projectveritas.com is our website. We're registered 501c3 with the IRS. So your donations are tax deductible. Uh, also, Veritas Tips at ProtonMail. That's V-E-R-I-P-A-S Tips at ProtonMail.com. Obviously, we're talking about the FBI raiding us and the Department of Justice now issuing secret orders, secret warrants against our email vendors to spy on us. But, Mark, this has not deterred our sources. In fact, more people than ever are coming to us through ProtonMail, uh, including inside the, the Department of Defense when we broke that story two months ago on Anthony Fauci.
0: But let us be clear. So far, federal law enforcement, Southern District in New York, likely the public integrity section of the criminal division and perhaps other aspects of the Department of Justice have, uh, number one, uh, used SWAT to grab you and to grab information from you. Uh, and it relates to this diary of Biden's daughter, of which you But diary you did not use, uh, that's number one, and nor did you steal it. Uh, Number two, you now know they have put out these secret warrants so that you can't challenge them in court uh, to Microsoft and maybe others, for all you know, to get emails of yours and your organizations and individuals in your organization uh, without your consent, without your knowledge, so you could challenge it. The reason for a subpoena is you could challenge a subpoena, So they use the secret warrant, as you call it, or as they call it, I suppose, to get this information to this day. You don't know exactly what they took. Uh, And now you're back in federal court challenging that. And obviously you're being targeted. There's no question about it. Obviously they're trying to take you down and wear you out. And then on the other side, we have this New York Times case. Remind everybody what that is and where you are with that.
6: Yes. Well, we sued the New York Times for defamation, Mark, uh, back last year. They said that we were deceptive and part of a coordinated disinformation campaign. All we did was quote a Minneapolis man on tape saying he was harvesting ballots. I quoted him saying this, and they said I was coordinated disinformation. I sued them for defamation, and I won a historic victory in that case. We got past motion to dismiss in New York Supreme Court. It's a very difficult hurdle to get past as you all may know i'm a public figure and i have to prove malice i proved it at least the judge thought i did to get that far because the new york times defended itself in court by saying your honor it's just our opinion and then the judge replied but you put it in the first sentence of the news article in the a section of the new york times so we get past motion to dismiss and then the fbi raids my home in november and to remind your audience what happened is. Within, within minutes of my being in handcuffs, federal agents put me in handcuffs. We published this video last week, Mark, on, online. It's a it's terrifying video, actually. It's, it's absolutely it's violent what they did to, to me and my family. And they came in with a battering ram. They put me in cuffs at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. And they took my phones. Um, and, then, and then within minutes, I get a text message from a national security reporter at the New York Times who somehow knows the subject of the search warrant, knows all these intimate details, So the Southern District of New York, that's the federal jurisdiction in New York, the Department of Justice's United States attorneys there, are working in concert with New York Times national security reporters. And then, Mark, just in December, they published my attorney-client privilege memos. All of this, again, comes on the heels. We just found this out this week, that the Department of Justice issued secret warrants against Microsoft Corporation, we use Outlook, as well as, we believe, Uber Corporation and God knows how many other vendors. And they're obtaining all of our private information. This is so unprecedented. It, and, and, and the New York Times has been, has been sort of working in concert with the Southern District, sort of, I guess their goal is to get me incarcerated. These are journalists at the New York Times, that's what they call themselves. They're angry that I'm suing them. And this is what happens in this country when, when you try to do the right thing, when you try to tell the truth. Try to hold people accountable. They want to destroy you, but we will not be destroyed. We will not be intimidated. I will not stop. I will not bear false witness. I will not. I'm an innocent man. I never break the law, and 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 I hope that this and I know that this will blow back in their faces, including and and by the way, God bless Microsoft. Uh, if you go to our website, you can read the motion they filed. They defended the First Amendment. They they went after the government, and and the government backed down this week and. And and um, and these these mag orders these twenty seven hundred five B secret warrants are now public, thanks to Microsoft fighting the Department of Justice here.
0: Now this has to cost some money to your organization and for you. How do you raise millions, this money? Millions,
6: millions, uh, How do, do I raise the for? money? We we yeah. we but we we have tens of thousands of do- small donors, many of which listen to this program and. And, and uh, um, I, I don't take it for granted by the grace of God and the hard work of my employees. We just work as hard as we can raising money, but we don't, we, we don't have a commercial imperative. We have no advertising. We, we're not for hire. We're a we're nonprofit investigative news organization, and the legal bills are in the millions. And obviously, that's probably one of their objectives is to wear you down and wear you out. But we've never really lost the, the, this litigation fight, we, and, and we're continuing to win. And, and, Mark, the question is, does this federal judge, uh, Annalisa Torres is her name, in the Southern District, who appointed the special master, that's a legal term, special overseer because of journalistic privilege and First Amendment privilege in this case, she appointed the special master over the FBI. What is going to be the consequence for these prosecutors going behind her back and doing secret spying on us. There, there, I think there will be. I think that she's not going to like that, and, um, and we hope that there is going to be a consequence. But most people fold in this life. Most people don't keep going. Most people get worn out, get, you know, get bankrupted by this, and we refuse to be defeated, and we depend upon your audience to support us at ProjectVeritas.com.
0: ProjectVeritas.com, Mr. Producer. Let's slap that up on my social sites, as, uh, as limited as they are. That's projectveritas.com, America. Uh, let's also put it on, uh, at least for the evening, on the Mothership website, com, where a lot of people do go. And, of course, people also hear this on my podcast. That's com. What's being done here is a disgusting disgrace, and these people need to be exposed, and we need to make sure that you have the funds uh, to continue to defend yourself and pursue them. So I would encourage all of you to to provide a tax-exempt or a tax-deductible, better yet, a tax-deductible contribution to Project Veritas. Okay, James, keep us informed on both fronts, okay?
6: Thank you, thank you, Mark, and uh, God bless all of you, and uh, stay tuned.
0: All right, God bless you too. In America, did you ever think you'd see anything like this? It's really, it's just shocking. Ketanji Brown Jackson is not just soft on crime. She's a disaster when it comes to crime. Oh yeah, she would hunt down January 6 trespassers and paraders to the end of the earth. She would have Donald Trump's tax returns hunted down to the end of the earth. But do not even ask her questions about child pornography and her lenient sentences, her sentences under the sentencing guidelines, her excuses in which she handed out weak sentences to true perverts and dangerous men, mostly, who look at child pornography on their computers as an example. Lindsey Graham, you got to give him credit. He's been pounding away. Lindsey Graham to Ketanji Brown, Jackson, at her hearing today. Cut, nine, go. Senator, with respect to the computer,
4: one of the most effective deterrents is one that I imposed in every case and that judges across the country impose in every case, which is substantial, substantial supervision.
7: Any of these wait, wait, defendants, wait a minute, Judge. You think it is a bigger deterrent to take somebody who's on a computer looking at sexual images of children and the most disgusting way is to supervise their computer habits versus putting them in jail.
4: No, Senator, I didn't say versus. That's exactly
7: what you said. I think the best way to deter people from getting on a computer and viewing thousands and hundreds and over time, maybe millions, the population as a whole, of children being exploited and abused every time somebody clicks on is to put their ass in jail, not supervise their computer usage.
4: Senator, I wasn't talking about um,
7: verses. You just said you thought it was a deterrent to supervise them. I don't think it's a deterrent. I think the deterrent is putting them in jail. Senator, the sentencing have a deterrent component. You see,
0: there is there is little Dick, little Dick Durbin interfering. Little Dick Durbin, who couldn't contribute enough to the smearing and libeling of Kavanaugh, and he wasn't the only one the little dick was involved in. I told you before over the years, Senator Fred Thompson was a friend of mine, a senator from Tennessee, and many of you will remember he ran for president. I thought he would have been a great president. He also was a movie actor and a prosecutor for years, good man, and unfortunately passed away early in his life. But we were friends, and he once told me over dinner that Dick Durbin was the least trustworthy, biggest scoundrel in the Senate. That's what he told me. That's what he told me.
7: And you can hear it. Go ahead. Does sentencing have a deterrent component?
4: Yes, Senator. Deterrence is one of the purposes of punishment, and uh, Congress has directed courts to consider various means of achieving deterrence. One of them, as you've said, is incarceration. Another, as I tried to mention, was substantial periods of supervision once the person... So if
7: I could, May, ask you, in your view, it's more of a deterrent to have somebody substantially supervised in terms of their computer use who's looking at child pornography than it is to put them in jail.
4: Senator, I'm not saying it's more or less. That's exactly
7: what you're saying.
0: But it is exactly what she's saying, because there's no point in supervised use if you're already in jail, right, Mr. Producer? So you're, you're letting the person out of jail, and in lieu of being in jail, you're giving them very, very substantial supervision. And what Graham is saying is, what are we talking about? And first of all, there's never going to be enough supervision of what they do on the computer. But what are you talking about? What kind of a deterrent is this? I'm not saying it's more or less. Yes, you are, he says. And he's right. That's exactly what you're saying. You're giving them supervised supervised use of their computer as opposed to being in jail. That's exactly what she's saying. No wonder little Dick Durbin felt the need to interrupt. But this lady is, excuse me we can't define lady we can't define woman this person is a disaster i'll be right back mark love i've been telling you folks for a long time if you're still with verizon 18 to your t-mobile you're simply paying too much for wireless because pure talk gives you the same exact great 5g coverage for a fraction of the cost but don't take my word for it Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota, has to say. said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost, and I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. I'm well aware there's a lot going on in your lives and in the world, but this is one of the things that must be at the top of your list about this radical nominee that Joe Biden wants to impose on you. All you parents out there and grandparents, you need to listen to me. In 2013, Wesley Hawkins pled guilty to possession of child pornography. Recommended prison time sentencing guidelines 97 to 121 months. The prosecutor recommended 24 months. He got probation in 18 months. Judge Kantanji Brown Jackson sentenced him to just three months in prison. In twenty nineteen, Hawkins reoffended. She sentenced him to three months in prison. Three months. Three months. The guidelines said ninety seven to one hundred and twenty one months. Prosecutor said 24 months, with probation for 18 months. Judge Brown Jackson sentenced him just to, to three months in prison. And he reoffended two and a half years ago. She won't define a woman because she's part of the radical agenda. She has promoted critical race theory. She won't acknowledge that because she's part of that radical agenda. She's been pro-Biden and anti-Trump while she's been on the bench in Washington, D.C. Highly political. They're desperate to get her on the bench as fast as they can. If she were a black woman who was conservative, like another judge, Judge Brown, she'd be filibustered and stopped the way Brown was for two years by Joe Biden. I'll be right back. Have you gotten your letter from the IRS yet? These last few years have not been easy on the American family. And with tax season finally arriving, there'll be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them. Well, America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries, just one phone call to 800-806-1299. Hello, 800-806-1299. And you'll be in touch with the America First Tax Group. A full service tax company that'll fight the IRS and help put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800 806 1299. That's 800 806 1299 or americafirsttaxgroup.com slash Levin. Again. 800-806-1299 or americafirsttaxgroup.com slash L-E-V-I-N He's here.
1: He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader Mark
0: Levin. Hello America, Mark Levin here, our number 877 381 3811. 877 381 3811. So, as I see it, Kavanaugh never raped anybody, never molested anybody, there was never anything to it, yet they smeared the hell out of this man. And yet, men who are involved in child pornography, particularly those who consume it, they deserve a break. This is according to the I don't even know how to say this anymore. How do you define a woman? If Judge Brown Jackson can't define a woman, I don't know how I'm supposed to define a woman. I mean, there is the old-fashioned explanation, but apparently it's just too old-fashioned. I'm too square. Josh Hawley, who really led the effort here early on, the confirmation hearing yesterday asked her why she apologized to a convicted pedophile at a sentencing hearing.
2: Cut 14, go. You also said to to this individual who is an adult, tried as an adult, 18 years old, you also said to him, besides saying that you thought his victims were his peers, you also said there's no reason to think that you are a pedophile. And then you went on to say, again, that's another reason why you weren't going to give him, you're only going to give him three months, because you would judge that he wasn't a pedophile. And then you said, and this is something I'd, I I really need your help understanding, then you apologized to him. And I, I just have to tell you, I can't quite figure this out. You said to him, this is a truly difficult situation. I appreciate that your family's in the audience. I feel so sorry for them, and for you, and for the anguish this has caused all of you. I feel terrible about the collateral consequences of this conviction. And then you go on and say sex offenders are truly shunned in our society. I'm just trying to figure out, Judge, is he the victim here or are the victims the victims? You're saying that you are, you're apologizing to him. You're saying you're sorry for the anguish this has caused him. There was a victim impact statement in this case. It didn't get read into the record, but it was there. I've described the the videos that we have. You say earlier in the case, you talk about how heinous these crimes are, and you describe them to your credit. You describe how heinous it is to your credit. And yet, here you are giving him three months and apologizing to him and saying you feel sorry for the anguish it's caused him, and also saying you think that sex offenders are truly shunned in our society. So just, just... Talk about that. Help me understand. I mean, is is he a victim? Is that your view here? Is that why you said this? Is that what you meant by Senator?
4: I, I, again, don't have the entire record. I remember in that particular case, I considered it to be unusual, in part for the reasons that I described.
0: By the way, uh, for all you Joe Manchin fans out there, when he was confronted in a hallway or asked a question somewhere by a reporter, about the kind of questions that were asked this nominee, he said, oh, is that Josh Hawley? Well, what do you expect? You only wish you had half the intelligence of Josh Hawley, Mr. Manchin. That you do not have. That you do not have. And so you would, it would seem to me, ladies and gentlemen, that for so many people, so many people, it would seem to me that this woman is unqualified to be a Supreme Court justice. Not because of her race or genitalia, not because of her intelligence, not because of her, her educational pedigree, having gone to Harvard and so forth, not because of her parents, who were both, I believe, educators, because she's a radical activist leftist. That's what. That's why she's unqualified. You won't get a fair break in front of this court. And this court's being treated by Biden and the Democrats like some kind of poll bureau. Not a single one of them. Not a single Democrat on this committee. Not a single Democrat in the Senate. For that matter, not a single Democrat in the House, even though they don't have a vote. Not one has objected to this nomination. Not one. In fact, you haven't heard AOC complain. Khalid, Omar, you haven't heard any of them complain. New York Times is all in. Washington Post is all in. And Joy Reid's all in. Oh, Joy Reid over at MSLSD. What does she have to say? Cut fifteen. Go.
4: We know that they don't care about protecting
0: women and girls. We That's know that you they don't
4: protecting them mm-hmm. from things like rape or child pornography because you know they you're th-
0: a sick. You are sick. You are truly evil. You're just evil. The fact you have a media platform of any kind is amazing to me. Shocking. Disgusting. You're just you're just a disgrace. Rather than discuss. What this nominee has done in her career, how she has ruled, what she has written. And I'm not going to play this for you. She goes into the Clarence Thomas hearings, the allegations against him. Kavanaugh, the allegations against him, which she called credible. The attacks on Trump, the allegations against him. And by the way, Stormy Daniels lost her case and owes Trump $300,000. She's just repulsive and thuggish. Repulsive and thuggish, which is what she uses for uh, to define you. Cut sixteen. Go. What
4: they care about is performing, because their real job, much like Margie Green, is not to legislate. It is to perform. To perform for the Fox News audience. To perform for far right voters who were terrified that their children will learn that slavery was bad and that so slavery. So if you won-
0: dare to ask questions about this nominee's background, her essays, her writings, her opinions, things she said at seminars, then you're just performing for the far right. You see, Joy Reid doesn't really believe in equality or equity. She doesn't believe people should be treated the same way. She obviously believes that this nominee should skate without any questions whatsoever being asked. Why have a hearing? She's a historic figure, even though she doesn't admit that half of the reason she was chosen can, in fact, be defined, but she chooses not to define it. The idiocy that this represented during the hearings was not of the senators who were questioning Brown-Jackson, but of Brown-Jackson and that entire movement. And so we have this repulsive, thuggish Joy Reid. Throwing up everything she could think of. Slavery? Slavery? QAnon? Oh, she does this later on. I'm just not playing it for you. QAnon? She's a real head case. She's obsessed. She's unhinged. And so are her guests. And clearly, so are the executives at MSNBC, NBC, and Comcast. Who insist that this fool should be unleashed on the American people. But the American people aren't buying it. CNN's going to have to go through a a complete change, if you will, a transition. And MSNBC won't be that far behind, because at some point you're going to cut your ties to Comcast and you're going to tell them why. Because you cannot stand these racists, these bigots, these buffoons, may I say these radical Democrats who are on television, these American Marxists, because that's what they are. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, from time to time, we take a look at a race that affects all of us, as well as a particular congressional district or state. We're taking a look at North Carolina this evening. People who get elected to the Senate vote on issues that affect us all. It's like a Supreme Court justice. This isn't just a matter for inside the beltway. It's a matter for all of us. Ted Bunn is running in a crowded primary Republican field. To be the nominee for the Senate in North Carolina, Ted Budd. Ted, how are you, sir? And tell the nation about yourself.
8: Mark, it is an honor to be with you. Uh, Enjoyed spending time with you a couple of weeks ago. So I'm here in North Carolina as the Donald J. Trump endorsed candidate for U.S. Senate 2022. That has made a huge difference. Got a great relationship of working with Donald Trump, supporting America first policies since I was first elected also in 2016 for the U.S. Congress. Came through a big primary, like you mentioned. Um, I'm a conservative fighter. I'm a small business person. I own an indoor gun range and training center, and uh, I opened it for the police department 11 years ago, and they encouraged me to open it to the public, so I did. And also, I know how to win, because Mark in 2018, I was in the toughest Republican district in North Carolina, and Nancy Pelosi put me on her list of 33 members to eliminate, and by God's grace and a lot of hard work, we beat Pelosi's hand-picked, multimillion dollar candidate by six points. Mm-hmm. And this time in the U.S. Senate, Mark, we're going to do it to Chuck Schumer.
0: Now, among those you're running against in the Republican primary is a very well-known uh, rhino, correct?
8: That is correct. Yeah, the ex-governor, is he is an unreliable conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, a career politician. He has appointed people, uh, so-called moderates that ended up advancing CRT, a critical race theory in our state, and uh, bad judicial uh, nominations. You know, Trump knows all of us in this race, but he only endorsed me and that ex governor that you referred to mark he's a two time loser in this uh in this great state of ours he's lost North Carolina twice, and we can't go backwards um, we've got a Republican now we can't go and uh lose it to a Democrat because no we we need this team.
0: seat we need this seat desperately and the other thing about this former Republican governor he'll do exactly what Mitch McConnell tells him to do he'll do exactly what the Republican establishment of Washington tells him to do now you've had to deal with that. And you have fought that, and you're part of the Freedom Caucus, correct?
8: I am, absolutely. I joined the Freedom Caucus in the fight back in 2017. Um, Jim Jordan has come out and endorsed me and supported me. And i tell you what, uh, people think you go to Washington, and there's great dialogue and debate. There's very little discussion, but that's a great group where people have real debates about real policy, and they care about the people back home in our districts. So it's been an honor. Uh, And I am still a member of the Freedom Caucus. Mm -hmm.
0: The border, the spending, the Bill of Rights, all these things that are under attack. I assume you consider these absolute priorities to deal with.
8: I was down at the border, Mark, back before Thanksgiving of last year. I was riding with uh, Border Patrol uh, agents that were off duty. They slammed on brakes. They said, I'm sorry, I've got to go on duty. They arrested cartel members that were coming across right in front of us. Their radios barely reached back over the mountains, back to headquarters. And there's steel laying there that had been laying there since January 20th when Biden took office. There's diesel uh, construction equipment to erect the wall that had been laying there and sitting there idle since January 20th of last year. And they came back to the truck after they had uh, arrested these guys. And they said, the sad thing is they're going to be back in the desert in a matter of days. Uh, or or ours, and they said we just need an administration that has our back. So Mm -hmm. absolutely, I'm with law enforcement, whether it's at the border or whether it's in all 3,200 of our counties or whether it's in our great cities. Uh, We have to have our law enforcement's back. Can you believe the defunding effort from the Democrats? We have to fight Mm -hmm. against that. We have to give our law enforcement the tools and the support that they need, including our moral support and our prayers.
0: Well, we did meet at Club for Growth, that event, My wife and I met you. We had a good chat. You were very impressive. And um, who is the candidate for Club for Growth?
8: Well, that would be me.
0: Uh, They they supported me in
8: 2016. I'm for low taxes. I'm for smaller government. I'm for growing our economy. And uh, that's why they support me. And I'm honored to have their support.
0: I don't know if I help you or not. You got some big wigs already. But I like to make my own decisions about this. And... uh, I'm going to endorse you for the United States Senate in North Carolina, and that obviously includes the Republican primary. You are, in fact, the most conservative person running. That's how I judge these things. You're a constitutionalist. So I want to wish you all the best, and I want to uh, just let the people who are listening to this program in North Carolina know that you have my full support, my wife's full support, Ted. So we wish you all the best.
8: Mark, this means the world to me. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to be fighting for our country, fighting for North Carolinians, and your support means the world to me. So thank you and your wife both, um, and Godspeed to both of you.
0: And you too, my friend. You take care of yourself. Wait a minute. Is he still there? I'm still here, man. Ted, if people want to help you, where do they go? I apologize. (laughs) You go to
8: tedbud.com. It's TED with 1D and Bud, B U D D, with 2D. So, TEDBud.com. That'll get you everything you need.
0: TEDBud.com, the former Rhino Republican governor who would be a McConnellite in the Senate. We don't need that, ladies and gentlemen, please. We need conservatives. North Carolina, we need your help. He's going to need to raise a lot of money because he's up against a lot of Washington and corporatist money. That's TED, T E D, Bud, B U D D.com tentbud.com. If you can help him, please do. And again, I endorse him uh, with all my support. We'll be right back. Wait a minute. I've got three minutes. All right, then let's move on. All right. There was one other thing I wanted to get here to get to here. Um, Joe Biden announcing today that the Russians will use chemical weapons. Now, this is the thing, folks. I don't believe Putin would have used chemical weapons or done any of this if Donald Trump were president of the United States. Because the last time he used chemical weapons in Syria, Trump hit their base, hit their airfield, and killed up to 300 Russians. The word deterrent was used. The word escalate was not used, except by the Putin wing of the media and the Republican Party. Except them. But let's take a listen uh, to Biden outside the White House today. Go ahead.
9: about right now? How that threat?
0: I think it's a real threat. Mm-hmm. They're getting a lot of intel, inside intel. Now, I'm not saying anything that I know for sure, so it doesn't really matter. But obviously, there's somebody in and around the Kremlin that is providing information to surrogates of ours, other countries, and then passing it on to us, who has very good information. And so this isn't the first time Biden has said this, or others around him have said this. And so the question is, why aren't they telling Russia right now, if you use chemical weapons on the citizens of that country, we will do X. Why aren't they drawing a line right now? Why aren't they making it clear to Putin that there is a price to pay for this? That's what Reagan would do. That's what Trump would do. You can't leave ambiguity like this. You've got to take control of the battlefield rather than surrendering it to the enemy. I'll be right back. You know, sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, especially that deep, comforting sleep. Go to helixsleep.com, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com, and take the sleep quiz. I took it and was matched to the Midnight Lux. Helix knows that everyone's unique, so they have several different mattress models to match your body type and sleep preferences. Once you match, your mattress comes right to your door shipped for free. They have a 10-year warranty, and Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. So go to helixsleep.com slash Levin, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and use code HELIXPARTNER20. That's HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long, folks. With Helix, better sleep starts now.
9: the
1: going gets tough, a tough get. Mark Levin, call him now at
0: 877-381-3811. I want you to listen to this. Andrea Mitchell on MSLSD today. The corruption of the media, the degradation of the First Amendment, the losers who are dressed up as journalists, it's just incredible. And Andrea Mitchell... Is certainly the leader of that parade, or certainly one of them, with her buddy Chuck Todd. But I want you to listen to this on MSLSD today. Andre Mitchell, go ahead. Cut the point. White House is planning, according to my colleague Julia Ainsley, to try to expedite and prioritize activists, people who identify as LGBTQ, who would be in, in, in deep trouble you know, for retribution if Russia were to occupy journalists,
9: family members of Ukrainians already in the U.S.
0: So we're going to prioritize people who identify as LGBTQ, and I guess that list is going to grow. Wouldn't you think, Mr. Producer? If you want to get the hell out of there, you say, hey, wait, wait, me too. I'm bisexual. I'm a woman. Whatever that means, I can't define it. How about you prioritize little babies and little kids? How about you prioritize women? How about you prioritize political activists? People who have stood up against the Russian regime. How about that? That's just unbelievable. It is unbelievable to me. If you ask me today. And just how serious, just how serious is the United Nations in our country about really standing up standing up to these enemies just how serious well Jennifer Granholm an excellent reporter at Fox she's at the IEA's ministerial meeting oh I'm sorry Jennifer Granholm not Jennifer Griffin who is a lousy good for nothing energy secretary I'm still having trouble with this eye. I apologize. Jennifer Granholm. Is she serious? Not really. Cut 22. Go.
4: And has, as evidenced by Minister Taylor's virtual attendance today, while well, he helps Australia respond to yet another devastating climate disaster, natural disaster, the climate is not going to wait on our efforts to confront autocrats. Both crises need addressing now
0: well, it, it amazes me that people who have a fifth grade iq and a third grade knowledge of science keep lecturing all the rest of us about what we have to do and they're making us poorer you feel it they're creating inflation you feel it they're destroying our fossil fuel energy you feel it The idiot who runs General Motors, and there have been idiots who run General Motors, the CEO there is now moving his entire fleet over to to electricity. Now, the fact is, there's a shortage of nickel, which is critical in these batteries. There's a shortage of other essential materials to make these electric vehicles. They call them EVs now. You got to get with it. We need more EVs. But he's moving headlong. His 10-year plan is now a 5-year plan, just like Mao had a 10-year plan or a 5-year plan or whatever it was. Great leap forward. So General Motors might be hitting a wall, but I would ask the CEO of General Motors, and I would ask Jennifer Granholm, who is a certifiable moron, where does electricity come from? Where does electricity come from? Is California right now having a problem with energy, including electricity? Does California have brownouts and blackouts? Yes, it does. They have energy shortages, electricity shortages. Look what happened to Texas, the Republic of Texas, a great conservative state. Well, not so much in some respects. It moved at breakneck speed toward wind energy and solar energy. Then they got a A freaky blizzard. You know, climate change. A freaky blizzard. So they had clouds. They couldn't produce enough energy. Their public utilities are depending on alternative fuels. They can't produce enough energy. You saw what happened to the state, did you not? In the middle of the winter. This freaky blizzard. Wow. And so now we all have to abandon, you see. We all have to abandon fossil fuels. I don't want to abandon fossil fuels. I love them. What happens when there's less and less oil produced? Oil goes into building materials, packaging materials, even goes into your automobile, goes into making tires, goes into making virtually everything. An assembly line needs oil, natural gas, just gas. All these things in your clothing, polyesters and so forth, you need oil. We're going to have shortages of oil. We're going to drag down this economy. Why are we listening to these people who've already brought down our economy? But Jennifer Granholm, she knows, just because we're facing an autocrat, a tyrant, Doesn't mean we can't destroy our fossil fuel industry. Maybe we'll keep begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia. Maybe we'll keep begging our enemies and our adversaries to bail us out because we all know American homemade oil creates more pollution than oil from Venezuela and Saudi Arabia. It's a proven fact. It's a proven fact. No, it's not. Of course it's not. These are all stupid people. These are all central planners. These are all people with political science degrees or law degrees or whatever other degree. I don't pretend to be an engineer or a scientist or anything else, but all these leftists do. The dumber they are, the more expert they are in everything. Cut 23, please. Go.
9: As Minister uh, Ryan has said, this clean energy transition
4: could be the peace project of our time.
0: They pour everything they can into their nonsensical positions. The peace project of our time. You see, ladies and gentlemen, Russia would never want to conquer Ukraine with the former captive nations under the Soviet Union or the former empire under Catherine the Great. No, no, no. Why don't they read what I read? Why don't they read what Putin wrote in July this summer? Why don't they look at what he said? Because if they look at what he said, they would know that this is nonsense. They don't want to look at what he said. They don't care, ladies and gentlemen. They don't care. But we have so many things confronting our nation today, don't we, Mr. Producer? like this systemic racism in our country. And Kamala Harris is more than happy to tell you all about it because she's been systemically, racially discriminated against. One of the dumbest human beings on the planet is now Vice President of the United States. Why? Because of her qualifications as one of the dumbest human beings on the planet. You know, Willie Brown, who had an affair with her, you remember the former speaker of the California Assembly, the former mayor of San Francisco. He warned us. He warned us in a column that he wrote. That he couldn't see her as President of the United States, let alone Vice President, I suppose. What a joke she is, just like her boss, Biden. What a joke he is. Two jokes for the price of two jokes. Cut 24, Kamala Harris. Go. Go. Appraisals are meant
9: to be fair and objective estimates of the market value of a property. There's a lot that rides on that estimate. But far too often, for far too many people, they are not fair and objective.
0: You know who she sounds like to me now that I think about it? Jake Tapper. She sounds like Jake Tapper to you, Mr. Producer. She does to me. Go ahead. Has
9: repeatedly shown that black homeowners are more likely to have their homes undervalued than other homeowners.
0: And what homes has repeatedly if- said that? Research? Well, since it's a crime, then go after them. Maybe they're telling the truth, the appraisers, depending on the community. I don't know. They throw out these, these, these broadsides, it's impossible to know. Research, I thought she was going to say, every economist, you know, research has repeatedly shown black homeowners are more likely to have their homes undervalued than other homeowners. Now, a home is valued based on its value on the market on that street in that neighborhood, right, Mr. Producer? And they look at like values. How hard can it be? So if you have people running around who are saying, Oh, that home's owned by a black person, so I'm going to devalue it, well, then that should be easy to find out and easy to punish. What's the point of the speech? You're the vice president of the United States, you know the president, you know the attorney general. What the hell's the problem? What the they always need an issue to bang people over the head with. America can never be anything but systemically racist, no matter how much progress people make, no matter how much freedom there is, no matter how much opportunity there is. The greatest nation on the face of the earth, it can never be anything but systemically racist, right? uh, uh, Comcast and NBC and MSNBC, all the way down to the frauds who are their hosts. There's nothing we can do about it. That's the whole idea of critical race theory. And I want the parents who rose up in this last election, whether it's Virginia, New Jersey, or New York, or Colorado, or Texas, anywhere in the country, I want you to understand something. When the Democrats had an opportunity to take a stand against critical race theory, or to at least pull back, to take a stand against this transgender movement, the movement, or at least pull back, they nominated somebody to the Supreme Court who embraces them both. And that means no matter what you do at the local level, no matter what kind of activist you are, organizer you are, no matter if you change your local school board, one day these issues will come before that court. And voting will be Brown-Jackson. I believe that's it. Yeah. Katanji Brown-Jackson. Katanji Brown-Jackson. And she'll be voting against all of your parents. She'll be voting against opposition to critical race theory. She'll be voting against the indoctrination of your children, the age of four, five, six, seven years old, on transgenderism and other aspects of sex or genitalia or lack of genitalia. And the fools at Disney are still complaining, still threatening, still going to strike because of the don't-say-gay law that was passed in Florida. The only problem is a don't-say-gay law was never passed in Florida. It's a keep your hands off my little Babies" law. Do not indoctrinate them about sex. Do not promote among them transgenderism. Do not keep secret from parents who pay the bills, whether they be Democrat, Republican, whether they be people of faith or not. What you're teaching their children. That's not a don't say gay bill. That's a get out of my face bill. I'll be right back.
9: Mark Levin.
0: Are you an individual or business owner facing the heavy burden of back taxes, levies, or wage garnishments? Life's challenges, especially those brought on by the economic impact of COVID-19 and inflation, can take a toll on your financial well-being. Now, the IRS has eliminated over a billion dollars in tax penalties and interest for back taxes. America First Tax Group is here to help you claim your share of these billions in tax relief before the IRS can claim the government share and clamp down. Call them now, 800-806-1299. The IRS has people working to collect your money, but it's time to turn the tables, folks. America First Tax Group is a full-service tax boutique that puts clients first. They understand the stress of dealing with tax problems, and they will be your guide through the process. Don't wait. Time is of the essence. Call America First Tax Group. Here's the number, 800-806-1299. 800-806-1299 800-806-1299 or visit americafirsttaxgroup.com slash levin. Where did this show go? Seems like it went very, very quickly to me. But then again, I'm the host. But sometimes, even for the host, they can go slowly. But I feel this one went very quickly. You know, people think I'm like given a heads up about what I'm going to discuss on Hannity or something like that. I am not. I am not. You'll also notice many hosts need their monitors. Why do they need monitors, Mr. Producer? Because that's right. Their monologues are put on the monitor. What do they even call those things? I forget. Teleprompters. See, I don't even remember what they're called. Folks, I've never used a teleprompter in my life. Otherwise, you would see me reading on the board, going back and forth. Plus, with this eye, I'd probably get a word here and there wrong. So when you see me on Life, Liberty, and Live-In on Sunday, what you see is what you get, as they say. I speak what I'm thinking. Right, so it's it's off the cuff, but it's but it's it's reasoned out. It's something I've been thinking about before I get to the studio. It's something I've been thinking about the night before. So that's how I do it. And I'll be on Hannity in 30 minutes. I hope you'll join us. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. We salute all of our trucker friends and our freedom fighter friends in Ukraine. God bless you all. See you tomorrow. See you on Hannity in 30 minutes. Take care. Come on.